The Kings followed up their best win of the season with their worst loss of the season as they lose in New York 112-299. They were still without De'Aaron Fox in this game, but it still was a kind of an embarrassing game on both sides of the ball. And for me, it seemed like the game was over after the first quarter. I mean, it, it was just... It was a terrible first quarter. They ended up losing it 36-22. to 22. And really, it was just about the way that they... They looked like they were playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They were not getting into their offense, not moving the ball. Players were not cutting offensively. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they were just allowing guys to go straight to the rim. And Julius Randle was really killing them in the first half. And he had a a very big first half, and he ended with 27 points on the game. There was never even really a point in this game where the Kings got back into it. Like, uh, you know, it it always hovered around a 15-point lead, if not more than that, for the Knicks. And Demontis Sabonis was the only one on the Kings that was really playing well, and he was at the center of everything that was good for the Kings. Even though things started slowly in that first quarter, Sabonis was able to draw two fouls on Mitchell Robinson in one possession, and then he got another one on Isaiah Hartenstein uh, when he came in for Mitchell Robinson. So, you know, things were looking positive. Sabonis was dominating inside, being aggressive, getting the other uh, teams big into foul trouble. But uh, it did not last long, especially when that bench unit came in for the Kings. They just started taking terrible shots, and things were not running through Sabonis when the bench came out. And that just made zero sense to me, because when you don't have De'Aaron Fox in a game, you need to maximize every single minute that Sabonis is out there. And Sabonis did end up playing 39 minutes in this game, which is a lot more than he's usually playing. Because Mike Brown doesn't actually play guys lots of minutes most of the time. But in this game, he was kind of forced to because of how poorly everyone else was playing. So when he was out, you know, it was just really a waste of Sabonis minutes when he's not getting touches of the ball. Malik Monk was taking terrible shots. Terrence Davis was taking terrible shots. And that continued even, it was even worse when Sabonis went out of the game. Just really terrible shot selection. And at the end of the first quarter, there was a point where Terrence Davis just came up and took a terrible three. The Kings started getting some stops. And then Terrence Davis took a terrible three. And then on the very next possession, Malik Monk just dribbled up and took a three for really no reason. Like, there, there was a chance for a two-for-one, but when your offense is playing so poorly and you're behind by a lot and your defense isn't really getting stops, you can't just take that three. And also, they didn't even actually end up getting a two-for-one because the Knicks got, had time for two possessions. You know, it, it's not necessarily anything to be worried about from this game, but it, it really does show how important De'Aaron Fox is to this team and how impressive that win against the Cavs was. As badly as 
the defense started out, you know, the Kings did only end up giving up 112 points, which, you know, is below their season average, actually. But I don't really take too much away from the second half just because the Kings never really got into the game in the second half. I think the mostly in the first half, really the first three quarters, uh, the Kings were just making poor decisions defensively because the Kings, uh, their whole defensive ideology is to not let the other team control the middle of the court, always force the ball handler to the side. You know, if a screen comes, uh, is set, uh, they and is set um, towards for the ball handler to go towards the middle of the court, then they'll always ice the screen. So force him away, the ball handler away from the screen, not let him take that screen. But the problem with the Kings doing that is they were favoring the middle of the court so much that they, they would let their man go right by them to the rim on the other side which would force help, and when the Knicks were just getting anything they wanted, easy buckets every time. Um, Julius Randle was dominating, and other Knicks were hitting shots, uh, R.J. Barrett included, and he had 27 points in this game. And on the other side, the Kings just really couldn't hit shots. Kevin Herter was 2 for 9 from 3, and Malik Monk was 2 for 8 from 3, 3 for 15 on the game. And those two guys are obviously very key when Fox is out. And another guy that's key is Davion Mitchell. And he was not really doing much offensively. You know, he had a few times where he'd go to the bucket for a layup. But that uh, offense that we saw at the end of last season, when he was a starter when Fox was out, we haven't seen it uh, this, this season at all. And I thought, you know, it, it's... It was because he was on the bench playing with, you know, bench guys that uh, aren't going to allow him to have a lot of space to create offensively. But when he's been with the starting unit, he's not doing it either. And, you know, we need him to with Fox out. Keegan Murray had 18 points in this game, which was, you know, good to see. Uh, six for 15, not super efficient, but. Yeah, it's good to see him knocking down threes again and getting more comfortable. And even if it is inefficient, him getting 18 points is definitely a bright spot for this game. For the second game in a row, the Kings shot terribly from the free throw line. They shot 23 for 35 as a team with Sabonis going 6 for 11, the second straight game for him where he shot poorly from the free throw line. So definitely just... Hopefully a, a trend that goes away quickly because, you know, you're, you're not going to win many games if you're not hitting your free throws. And in this game, if they hit their free throws, you know, they would be you know down by one, I guess, losing by one. Not exactly how it works, but, you know, if you were to just add those points, you're only down by one. I thought the first quarter of this game was the worst quarter that the Kings played all season. And it reminded me of watching Kings teams from years past where it just seemed like everyone was making individual mistakes defensively and then the shot selection was just terrible offensively. It really was just a lack of discipline on both ends of the court. This team wants to shoot a lot of threes, but that doesn't mean that you just come up and within two seconds take a three 
You're not, you know, buddy healed like he used to do. And also, it's like the Kings weren't weren't trying to get into the paint. You know, if they were trying to get into the paint and then couldn't, I would understand a little more because it's like, okay, uh, you don't have De'Aaron Fox. The offense isn't flowing as well. But it was it was all these early shot clock shots that were pissing me off because it's like you're not even trying to get easier shots inside or create better perimeter shots by penetrating and making the defense collapse on you. I wanted to see Casey Akpala earlier in this game just because of how Julius Randle was getting whatever he wanted and anybody on the Knicks was getting uh, whatever they wanted. And we did see him at the start of the second quarter a bit, but uh, only played four minutes in this game. I I thought we could have used him uh, defensively early to stop the bleeding a little bit. While the starters weren't, you know, uh, good in this game, the bench was really where it was especially bad. And we really just need Malik Monk to take smarter shots and run the offense better uh, when he's not out there alongside Deer and Fox, he's looked a lot worse. And um, he also doesn't have, you know, Davion Mitchell out there alongside him to uh, do some of the ball handling um, duties. Obviously, as Delvadova, who I didn't think was, you know, terrible in this game, but Delvadova is not the guy that's going to be creating a lot offensively for us. I guess the positive takeaways from this game are is, uh, you know, Sabonis continues to be dominant and Keegan Murray is back to scoring, uh, you know, in the high teens, getting towards 20 points. And um, I think, you know, the biggest takeaway from this game is that uh, if there was any talk about, you know, Darren Fox not being that important to this team or this team being good without him, that has quickly gone away because it is apparent, very apparent that uh, we need him badly. What's kind of weird about this game is I I never felt like the Kings were going to come back and I always felt like it was pretty much over you know, for most of the game. But uh, it never, the lead never got super big. So we never saw any of the, uh, you know, uh, deep bench guys, we didn't see garbage minutes, and the starters played a lot of minutes, uh, really other than Davion Mitchell, we saw Malik Monk in there, uh, in his spot late, but um, yeah, that, that kind of sucks, because yeah, it would have been nice to, if we we're going to lose a game like this in kind of embarrassing fashion, at least you know, it would have been nice to get those guys some rest, I guess, but that didn't even happen. But uh, hopefully Fox can come back soon and um, play like the Fox at the start of the season and not like the one we saw before he started sitting out where he was, you know, obviously dealing with that foot injury. But the next game is against the Philadelphia 76ers. This is going to be a, a, a very tough matchup, mainly just because of Joel Embiid. You know, nobody can stop Joel Embiid. We don't have anyone that can stop Joel Embiid. He he has been playing amazing for a, a long while now. You know, obviously uh, finished runner-up in MVP voting the last two seasons. And, 
you know, if we don't have De'Aaron Fox in this game, then it's really going to come down to if we can hit shots. I mean, because even if this team isn't you know, getting into the paint a lot or creating open looks, we know that they can just go on fire from three-point range. And so, you know, if they do that, then this is a winnable game. But it's, it's definitely one where the 76ers will be heavily favored, even though the Kings actually have a better record than the Sixers so far this season, which is uh, interesting. The Sixers have definitely been off to a, a slightly slow start, did miss James Harden for uh, some time, but he is back now. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey might still be out. I, I don't remember actually what... Uh, what he's injured with or how long that's going to be, but uh, I think he'll be out. Hopefully we just get a game where um, James Harden and Joel Embiid can't hit their jumpers. You know, I was hoping that we would get that kind of game from Julius Randle where he couldn't hit his jumpers. That did not happen. Uh, but uh, also I just need some resistance from the Kings defense, not letting them get straight to the rim as easily um, early in this game. And, uh, right from the jump, they need to be prepared defensively. And I'm sure we'll see some kind of, you know, defensive, uh, different defensive scheme to try to stop Joel Embiid. I don't know what that will be. I'm sure it'll be lots of bodies sent at him. Uh, so we'll see what uh, Mike Brown and uh, Jordy Fernandez decide to do about him. Anyways, that is it for this episode of the Roll Report. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Royal Report. And I will see you guys next time to recap the game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Peace.